Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. Take Brandon Lang's advice, take Cordell Stewart's advice, and head over to betonline.ag where you can bet on all of the football action this weekend and get a 50% welcome bonus when you sign up with the promo code BLEAVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, with the link in the description to this episode. BetOnline where the game starts. All right, everybody. However and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of Wired Up. This is Wired Up episode 124 here on the Take It Easy podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody. We have got a special bonus episode coming at you on this Saturday. As he will throughout the football season, Brandon Lang is going to join us. Brandon Lang, the guy who they made a movie after and he got played by Matthew McConaughey and it's called Two for the Money, and he's a gambling expert with Believe. He's going to get you set for week three of the NFL here on Wired Up 124. And we also have the debut of a brand new project I'm working on with Believe. It is called On the Edge with Slash. It's a podcast with Cordell Stewart. For those of you of a certain age, you may remember Cordell Stewart as the Pro Bowl quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, helped him go to the Super Bowl in 1995. Cordell is working with Believe, and I have the distinct privilege of being able to work on his podcast. The first episode we did together is available now. It's in two parts. We talked about the Steelers and the Browns, and we talked about the Packers-Bucks game, have some gambling picks. We're going to play the second part of that show here today with the Packers and the Bucks and gambling picks for the week as well. That's going to come up first. Then we're going to have Brandon Lang's gambling expertise for this week. Welcome back, everybody, to On the Edge. My name is Kyle Ledbetter, joining y'all throughout the football season here in 2022. Once again, let's welcome Slash in. What's up, Cordell? How are you doing today? What's going on, brother? Everything's good. Everything's good. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of great action that we have going on in the league right now. It's from the matchup that I'm about to fall in love with. It's Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. You know, I know a lot of people trying to make not trying to make too much of it because it's a regular season game, but these are arguably two of our better quarterbacks in the National Football League. That, along with so many other things that we have to talk about, I'm really, really excited about uh, getting to it. But man, finally got you here, Kyle. I mean, God Almighty, it took us forever to get you rocking and rolling, brother. You know what I'm Ooh. saying? What's the deal? I'm not sure exactly what the deal was. I mean, we just we had to figure everything out, I guess. I, I had to sign one piece of paperwork and, and pretty much we're good here. And, we're good uh, now, brother. We're good now. We're good now. We're good we're now. Good. We can start doing yeah. some podcasts. We can start talking football. Uh, obviously, we're in the middle of week three. I'm excited for it. You mentioned Bucks and Packers. Let's get right into that. I know you're really excited to talk about this game, so... What obviously the story for the Bucks is around them wide receivers and everything going on there. What you looking at going into Bucks and Packers? Well, like you know, Kyle, anytime you're being a starting quarterback or playing in the National Football League on any level, any team that is rather, um, having the pieces that you need to help you produce are very important. Uh, Mike Evans to Godwin. Um, Mike Evans being suspended, injuries to Godwin. We don't know for sure how that actually. How's that actually going to work out to even Tom Brady following up from the episode that took place against the New Orleans Saints with, uh, with, the, with the mayhem, the fight, if you will, uh, end up causing Tom Brady to actually come back and practice on a Wednesday, which from what we've heard, reports were said that he was taking Wednesdays off. 
But now he comes in on Wednesday knowing the ramifications of a game such as this one against the Green Bay Packers um, with Aaron Rodgers, uh, knowing what he's able to do, uh, has caused Tom Brady to step it up just a little bit. Some may say he was an instigator in that altercation that took place (laughs) that caused Mike Evans uh, to get suspended for a game. But, you know, I guess you could say he rebounded very well to come back and say, hey, you know, this is serious enough to where we lost a player. So I need to come in on this Wednesday. Wednesday, we got Miller that's coming in. Uh, We have Beasley uh, that's coming in also as well off the streets to help out with this team. And when you do have, you know, moments and situations like this taking place, the best thing you can do is get your leaders to step up and lead. And I think for him to come in on a Wednesday is good. But it's just not about Tom Brady. It's also about Aaron Rodgers, you know, how he's going to get his woes taken care of, receivers, the young receivers, not being able to connect with him as many times we've heard him say uh, during camp, if you don't catch the ball, I'm not throwing it to you. Well, you're going to end up throwing it to yourself because it seems like every last receiver that stepped on the football field for the Green Bay Packers has been dropping passes. So uh, it's going to be pretty interesting to see how this thing unfolds. And and uh, I just want to see Aaron Rodgers, you know, because some are not making a big deal about this game. For me, I am, because these are two potential, not potential, but future legends of the game that's going up against each other. And with so many other topics and, and things to talk about in the National Football League, this is one that we're not diving into enough, in my opinion. I think Tom Brady, who has a, a, a decrepit, if you will, not because of bodies and ages, but because of injuries, offensive line. You have a receiver that's injured. Uh, defense is pretty stingy on Tampa Bay's team, but then you look at Green Bay. You know, you have a receiving core and an offense that's not hitting on all cylinders at this moment. So, I think those are are, are a couple of things that we can dive into and talk about when it comes down to that game, which I think will be the highlight game of the day, probably outside of Buffalo and Miami. But those games, when it comes to seasoned veterans, playing this game for the amount of years that they both have played combined over 20 plus years easy. um, I think this is, this is something that uh, I I think the fans are going to look forward to. And for sure myself as a, as a former player playing that position, seeing two of arguably the best quarterbacks to play against each other in the September week. Yeah. And the interesting part about it for the Bucks is obviously you got Evans going down, Godwin is, or Evans getting suspended and then Godwin being injured. And, and it looks like yeah. he's going to miss for the second week in a row. And like you mentioned earlier, Cole Beasley's now on the Bucks, which is probably why Tom Brady's in there. Cause it's a whole lot of Scotty Miller and him, obviously mm-hmm. Rashad Perriman had that touchdown against the saints and that's kind of, where the Bucks? I mean, obviously Julio Jones is still there, but that's kind of where the Bucks yeah. are right now, which is a, a rotating Julio, door. Right? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. You're right. You're right. Rotating door. And, and to your point, you know, we don't know for sure if Julio Jones is going to actually play this week. I mean, it's still questionable and up in the air. So it, to your point, it's 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 a lot of guys getting things done by committee, right? You know, when you mentioned Paramount, I mean, these are people we don't talk about often. You know, Miller, who was on the bubble. Uh, of potentially not being a part of the team this past this upcoming season, wide receiver, the wide receiver position. Cole Beasley, he's coming in for an emergency reason. He's been, uh, I think, promoted or added to the the scout team to the point where, if needed, if he needs to jump up on the roster, that's what's today. Today's what Thursday, but today is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. What today is? Whatever today. Today's is. Thursday. Which, Today's Thursday. Today is yeah. So when you when you when you look at it, sometimes these days run together, brother. When you absolutely you're doing podcasts and you're sitting. You know what I'm saying, right? Uh, but I just, I just honestly think, you know, it's going to be interest, interesting to see how this thing unfolds when it comes down to uh, Cole Beasley, Paramount of the world, Miller, uh, Evans being out, uh, to Julio Jones if he's going to play the offensive line, left tackle, uh, you know, everything ap- across the board. Uh, it's, it's, it's not healthy for this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. And I think we'll have an opportunity to see the greatness of Tom Brady again come out <laughs> and, 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 and which correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure you're going to like, I know you're going to like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this one. Have him prevail again. Tell me if I'm wrong, Kyle, you're going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? I don't know, man. This is one of those where I'm trying to just like flip a coin and watch it happen. Cause like, I know we're going to talk about the Packers here in a sec. I know you got thoughts yeah. about Aaron Rodgers. I we're coming back off of, obviously it's been two weeks. So we got your thoughts on the Vikings coming up too. Cause the Vikings put the hammer on green Bay to start the season. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, I, this is just one of those where I'm just flipping a coin on it though. Like I just don't know how this is going to go down because Tampa's got so many moving parts and 
I I'm one who's like based on the evidence and like doing the analysis and Tom Brady is just the and is like the person who goes against the evidence. He's someone who goes against everything that conventional wisdom says in football. And so right. like at what point I've seen Tom Brady that last year with the Patriots have the same passer rating as Mitch Trubisky. Like I've seen Tom Brady also almost win an MVP last year. So I don't know mm-hmm. what to do with the analysis on Tom Brady. So I'm kind of like in that flip a coin mode. And I think the the burden, shall we say, then falls onto the Packers to be like, are you going to make mistakes? Are you going to be the team that lets the Bucks back into it? What is that going to look like? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and from what I remember last, this meeting between Tampa and Green Bay was in Green Bay uh, in the postseason. As far as I remember, a matchup being a really big one. And I think right before the half, I think it was what fourth down or right before the half end up throwing a go route to Miller in the tight bunch formation. He ends up running the fade route before you know it. They're up in the game uh, where most would probably either sit on it, kick a field goal or, or just try to put themselves in a better position, but they end up scoring it. I just, I just think this is a matchup that we need to address a little bit more than we have. And, and Tom Brady goes against every logic when it comes down <laughs> to how do you measure you know, what a quarterback really is. I mean, here's a guy who's drafted, what, sixth round uh, to, you know, having to come on the field in New England because Drew, Drew Bledsoe is injured. Uh, you know, Bill Belichick trying to determine if he's going to stick with the hot hand of a Tom Brady going into that first Super Bowl they had an opportunity to play in uh, to all of a sudden the rest is history when it comes to dynasty, a dynasty team in a sense, there in New England, but yet he takes the same energy and he takes it down to Tampa. And so now all of a sudden you're saying to yourself, okay, when you count this dude out because he didn't retire this offseason to then all of a sudden come back, and here this team is, is they go into New Orleans with that, right? They're 0-4 playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they went on the road in New Orleans going against the New Orleans Saints, the mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that is. So it's, it's like you're – it's almost like keeping your mouth closed, when talking about Tom Brady. On the other hand, yeah. go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, it's, there's all sorts of factors. Like if we're branching outside of the Packers game, like we know Tom Brady wanted to go to Miami. Like we have the evidence right. there. And part of his condition of coming back was that Bruce Arians wasn't going to be the coach of the Bucks anymore. Like we, we mm-hmm. know that that's the case. So then you can ask, does he want to play in Tampa? Is he kind of like on his way out the door at the end of this year? Cause he can leave as a free agent. Is he going to retire? Right. Like all of these macro level stuff that makes it difficult to, talk about Tom Brady this year combined with now all of his top receivers are gone and his offensive line is hurt and yeah the Bucks are 2-0 and they just haven't looked the most impressive getting there like all of that stuff makes it so difficult to analyze the Bucks, and I think that's why I'm more like putting the onus on the Packers to like really put them away in this game yeah and, and it starts with Aaron Rodgers and, and to your point of of all of the different moving parts, whether it's head coaching to Tom Brady just wanting to retire, his personal life being aired out there with alleged information, you know, uh, you know, it's just so many Gronkowski not coming back. I mean, there's so uh, Antonio Brown, uh, he not being able to come back to even being suspended before the season ended, uh, things of that nature. So you have a multitude of, of things going on to where you wonder what's keeping Tom Brady a float of playing, but yet the ride continues. The success continues. The greatness of who number 12 is in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, uniform at the quarterback position continues. But then you look at what can the Green Bay Packers do to slow this team down? And, and for me, I think there's so many different angles you can approach this for Green Bay, especially on the offensive side of football, leading with the quarterback. Because every other team, when we talk about who we start with, when we talk about, we talk about the quarterback. Right. And, and, and if Tom Brady can actually come on to a new team, get new players coming off the street, whether it's Cole Beasley coming from wherever he was in the time in which he has to Miller on the bubble of not being a part of this football team. And yet Perriman, he catches a pass with someone we never thought of would be catching one, let alone Miller, who was known as a slot receiver. So now he's out on a perimeter, actually matching up one on one on the edge. I mean, so it's like, how do you then address the Green Bay Packers? and their ability to find out who's the leader on this football team to take this thing, you know, by take this bull by the horns and control it and figure out 
who do we lean on? Are we trying to say, does the coach know what he's doing? Are we saying the GM, do he knows what he's doing? Are we saying the receivers aren't good enough? You know, do we need to have first rounders? Are we going to make these excuses again to say, this is the reason why they're, they're inept when it comes to success and being efficient and effective on offense? You know, and I beg to differ. It starts with number 12 and Aaron Rodgers. If he's not capable of getting the attention of the receivers, then who will? It's not the head coach. You just got the biggest contract of all quarterbacks where you get 50 million bucks a year. You say the same thing about Russell Wilson. Are they, are they, are they concerned about the money that they're giving him because their inability of scoring? You know, think about it in the red zone for them. You know, they've been in the red zone six times. They're only six in the red zone. We can address that issue. What are we going to address with this Green Bay Packers team with this team's inability to be successful on the offensive side of football. We, we can't blame it on the offensive line all day, every day, because Tom Brady has had a makeshift offensive line since this offseason. I mean, his receivers, he's lost a few. To his main target in the red zone at Gronkowski, that hadn't been an excuse. Yes, he's breaking tablets on the sideline, and he's throwing his helmet. Yes, that's, <laughs> but that's because he's passionate about it. What are we going to say about the Green Bay Packers? What's the story here? Is the story the receivers are too young? They're not focused. They don't know the playbook to the offensive line. We don't have the best offensive line to the running game. What, 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 what's the excuse going to be this time if something happens when it comes down to these guys not being able to get it done and be effective? And it starts with the quarterback. If Aaron Rodgers can't get these guys' attention and these guys come out and, and not play well again by dropping balls, which, which it happens. It happens. It's a part of the game. But how do you get their attention to make it happen? And I think it falls on Aaron Rodgers' shoulders to try to make this thing work because he is the catalyst and he's the cowbell when it comes down to getting it done because you have to rely on him, you have to depend on him, and you have to get the most out of him because he is getting paid $50 million bucks a year. Yeah, and we've known about Aaron Rodgers freezing out receivers for years. Like uh, I remember Tyler Dunn at Bleacher Report did this awesome story where he talked about how um, when I think it was like Jake Kumaro got traded, like Aaron Rodgers was pissed and then they replaced him with Equinemius St. Brown and Rodgers couldn't build a rapport. So he just kind of like right. gave up on him mm-hmm, early mm-hmm. in his career. And then he ended up leaving and going to the bears. But it was like, there's this interesting dynamic where he's very particular about the chemistry and rapport with his receivers, which we know a lot of quarterbacks are like that. It's just Aaron Rodgers has kind of his goodwill has kind of like fallen with a lot of people as time goes gone on. And so when it's, I mean, because they knew Devonte Adams was going to leave because they knew that uh, Tunyon was injured and he was someone who had this one weird breakout year that Rogers liked, because we knew it was going to be a makeshift cast of guys. Like we thought it would look different for the Packers. And um, obviously they've been fine offensively in the second game against the terrible Bears defense, but like Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb being the one and two aren't inspiring a ton of confidence. And so the number one and two for the Packers are basically the running backs being used right, in the right. running scheme and the passing game. Yeah, and and and, and you've got to play the game. You know, you, you have to go out and play the game. And and we can create all the different scenarios of who you lost to your game. If you're not on the same page, does it fall on the receivers or does it fall on the quarterback? If the offensive line is not blocking, it's not like he can't scramble. It's not like he can't run. He's he's been talked about as being arguably one of the greatest to ever do it in our game. Mm-hmm. I know one twelve proves it every single week, regardless of who he has in. It doesn't matter. It can be grandma. It can be uncle, great grandpa. It doesn't matter. He's getting them in, and they're getting it done. But for some reason, it has to be very particular in Green Bay when it comes down to, to, to the success that Aaron Rodgers can have. And I just think we need to start paying attention to that a little bit more to identify, you know, yes, his numbers are in some cases are unmatched. Uh, but there are some numbers – that you have to scratch your head and ask when you start mentioning goats and greatest, you know, let's put the greatest in those certain categories to determine what that really means. One in four in the in, in NFC championship games. Uh, you've had Greg Jennings. Uh, you've had Donald driver. Uh, I've said this before. You've had Brandon Cobb, the young 
Cobb. Uh, <laughs> not the one you know, now. Not the not the not one. The one now. Oh, no, no. Not, not, <laughs> not the one that, that they right they now. got him back and and he's yeah. thirty five yeah. years old, but still like yeah. the third leading receiver on the team. There you go. Yeah, right, right, right. So you know, it's 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 a game that I want to watch because when we start mentioning greatness and we start mentioning Hall of Fame uh, pedigree, um, I'm not taking that away at all. But at the same time, we need to live up to that because he is the face, one of the faces of our of the NFL, of the National Football League. And we need to hear more of the leadership from him when it comes to guys not getting it done and not saying, I'm not going to throw the football to you if you don't catch it. I've never heard Tom Brady say that. I never heard Peyton Manning say that. I never heard, for the sake of conversation, with some things that's been said, even with uh, Ben Roethlisberger go to that great length to say anything like that. He's had opinions many times in Pittsburgh, but I've never heard him go that far to, to say uh, things like, if you don't catch it, I'm not throwing it to you. Uh, we may say we need to catch the ball, uh, and he might back it up by saying, I need to make better throws and, and, and not give it to the other team. You know, he also puts the pressure on himself, and, and, and that's why Ben Roethlisberger is considered uh, by many – and I would even say it too, because you've won two Super Bowls and you've gone to three and the way he's done it, uh, he's arguably one of the best, if not the best quarterbacks uh, in Steelers history. But they're saying that Aaron Rodgers is arguably the best quarterback to ever play for the Green Bay Packers. That guy, number four, was pretty darn good. All right. He started that run in Lambeau Field uh, there with, with Sterling Sharp before he had his shortcomings when he had his injury to his neck. Uh, that caused him to have a short career. Um, and so, you know, and of, of course, Bart Starr and all everything that he's accomplished mm-hmm. in his era. Uh, so when you start making these statements about greatest and the greatness and things of that nature, we need to start seeing the likeness of that more more often. And we need to get mm-hmm. over the edge. I mean, Eli Manning has two Super Bowls. And guess who he beat? He beat Tom Brady both times. So some will say, Cornell, well, he's only 500. It doesn't matter. <laughs> When it mattered most, he shined. So so for you, you think of quarterback position and leadership as an expectation, right? I'm sure we'll talk about this as the year goes on, but like leadership is expected. Oh, it's it's expected. It needs to be heard. You know, whether it's blaming yourself or saying what we need to do to correct some of these issues. And I'm never hearing that from Aaron Rodgers. He's never taking the, the responsibility when it comes to the leadership tactics He's never using those to put himself out in front to protect those young guys, right? I'll go back to college football real quick. I know this is nice, but I'm using for as leadership is concerned, right? Coach Frost yeah. got fired at Nebraska. Mickey Joseph in that game that they end up getting their heads knocked off against Oklahoma, right? They're in, in, mm-hmm. in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, this past, I think this past weekend or week before last, he took – because he was, I think he ended up becoming, I think he became the head coach once Frost was gone. He ended up yes, becoming yes. the head coach. Mickey Joseph was right? the interim coach. Mickey, yes. Yeah, yes, yes. And so now that he's now the interim head coach, when he came out and said, you know what? This game was on me. We saw different if you watched that game. We saw totally <laughs> different. But he said when it came to the quarterback play, the offensive line, the defense, the outcome of the game, the movement of the players, the coaching staff, he came out of his line and said, everything is on me. We hear it all the time from Tom Brady. I need to do better. We all need to do better. But it starts with me. I need to do better. I haven't heard that from Aaron Rodgers yet. I've and heard you expect you that from Aaron Rodgers. You expect I, 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 considering what I'm not hearing from the pundits, yes. I'm hearing from the pundits. He's the great. Everybody needs to catch the ball. Guys need to get better. They need to stay up to practice. Why isn't Aaron Rodgers calling? And he may have as of lately. So let me, let me make sure I put that out there. But you don't hear that enough. And I think if we can hear that enough from me, for myself, being that we're here on the edge with Slash, <laughs> I can say it, right? Um, we need to hear that a little more often. Out of it. And, and trust me, I know Aaron. I've spoken to him when I've had interviews and, and I see him, I'll always speak to him. May not want to speak to me, but I'm going to always speak to him. But from, from one former quarterback to one that's still currently playing right now, when the, when the expectations, much given, much is required. Is that okay to say? Can we go out on yeah. them to say that? Much given, much is required. required. And, and, and I hear more of the protecting than I do hear 
the the, the responsibility and the leadership stepping stepping out a little bit more. So, you know, this game is going to be interesting for me. And I think you and I, when we do come back on again to speak about this after watching this game, the Tampa Bay game, the Green Bay game, we'll be able to address this again to see the difference and talk about the difference between the two because these both both these players are considered as going to be future legends, future Hall of Famers, and goats of our game right now. Is that okay to say? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. statistically, Aaron Rod. I mean, before Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers was the greatest statistical quarterback in the history of the NFL and changed the game with short, quick passing and, and offensive schemes. Like, absolutely. Yeah, the, it's unquestioned yes. with, with the play on the field. But are we hearing that? And, and that's mm-hmm. where it becomes, you know, dicey for me when we start anointing players not saying he's not worthy of it based from a statistical standpoint. He's worthy of it. However, we need more. We need more. You know, we were thinking about sitting out and all the, you know, the, the, the coverage of the long hair. And, yeah, it's just this love affair. And I'm just like, bro, we're one and four in the a- NFC championship game. We won one Super Bowl. We've been there four other times. We need to make sure that we get there now. This would be a perfect time for him to have the opportunity to get there and win and have a chance to at least worst case scenario play in the Super Bowl. Why? Because he's really right now playing with a young group of guys around him. Mm-hmm. This yep. receiving core is a young group of guys. This whole entire, this is a brand new offense. Like it just looks totally different without Devontae Adams, who was his, his constant and most reliable player on offense when it came down to playing last year. And he's no longer with them because he's with the Las Vegas Raiders, and Derek Carr being reunited with him, a uh, college teammate. So, you know, again, I'm anxious to see how this looks. I have a feeling we're going to be talking a lot about Aaron Rodgers and leadership as the year goes along. Just know, knowing yes. your thoughts on Rodgers and everything with the Packers, I got a feeling this is going to be a topic consistently throughout the season. Uh, you right you lean so. in any direction on this game? I know you tossed it over to me, and I kind of punted on making a call on the <laughs> of game. Of course you did. Of <laughs> course you did. Of course you did. Sometimes, you know, you got to put yourself out there, brother. Um. And correct me if I'm wrong, this game is in, um, it's in what, Green? It is in Tampa. It's in Tampa. I'm sorry, I'm about to say Green Bay. Um, I'm just thinking the last game was in Green Bay. Um, I'm going with Tampa. I mean, you got to throw weather into there. I know it shouldn't be an issue all the time because that's why we play the game, right? Um, yeah, yeah. But I gotta, you got to be transparent. You know, you're going out to the, you're coming up from Wisconsin, up from Wisconsin, up in Cheesehead, cheesehead uh, uh, country, and you're going down to this humid weather down in Tampa. Uh, you know, I'm, oh, I'm it's going to be Tampa. a classic Tampa day. It's looking like 90 degrees and, and maybe a little yeah. bit of rain before the game. It's going to be one of those plus classic humidity. Tampa games. Yeah, plus humidity. So it, it's going to be one of those games. But I'm I'm going with Tom Brady. I'm 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 sticking with the obvious, in my opinion. Um, I just think Tom Brady's ability. Like you could talk about Tom Brady forever when it comes to any team that he's played on, and particularly the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, just because of what we know from getting a new head coach to losing players on the offensive line, losing receivers, having to add new receivers midweek to to guys potentially getting cut to still being on the roster and being a part of the starting lineup, new players catching touchdowns. You know, it's endless conversations that you can have about that guy number 12 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, for all those reasons, and that defense was very stingy this past weekend uh, playing against the, the New Orleans Saints and Jameis Winston. You heard conversations about, well, we knew when he was with us, he threw 30, you know, so we knew he was <laughs> going to give up some, right? You know, you that, was that, wild, yeah. man. that was that wild, man. That was wild that people right? were going after him that like that. Yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, it's, it's gamesmanship. You know, it, it's, it's, it's something where if it's going to help you win, Knowing that the guy is, is a friend and you say it, it's gamesmanship. So how do you stop that conversation from having? You don't turn it over because we know Jameis Winston will turn the football over. So that defense took advantage of it, and I see that defense playing sound again. Um, front four, front seven, and pretty much second to none when it comes to the push in that linebacker play and how those guys hit. The secondary is solid offensively. You have a coach on the football field as well as a quarterback. With all the excuses that we're making for that team in Green Bay on offense, I'm not going with them. I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course. 
I mean, it seems like those dudes don't like Jameis that much, though. Like, I know his gamesmanship and all that. It seems like those Tampa dudes were not as cool with Jameis when he left as we thought. Well, they were. He ate the W's. He ate the W's and ended up collecting the, uh, L's. I mean, you can't <laughs> eat the W's and not produce and put them on the board. I mean, what are we doing here? You know what I mean, I mean bro? You never, I don't usually see, I mean, we're seeing it now with all the Seahawks bad mouth and Russell Wilson, but like in the past, I just don't remember people bad mouthing the guy on the way out the way they have Jameis or uh, you have Russell Wilson. It's just, I, I guess he might have rubbed him the wrong way or something like that, but it, they don't seem as cool with Jameis as I thought they might be. Yeah. You know, not every defensive player, you know, when you're, when your offense is struggling, or the quarterback is is the reason for uh, a part of the reason of why you're losing are very friendly. Let's just say that um, they have more of an aggressive approach. Uh, offenses are more passive aggressive, if you will. Um, and sometimes a person's disposition may not always blend, you know, well, you know, winning can cure all problems and cover up everything. It's like the pasta, right? You got the mm-hmm. spaghetti noodles and you put the sauce on top, you cover it up. It's like the ketchup when you put on certain meals or the sauce you put on certain meals, right? You know, you cover it up, you know, even though it may not taste that good. If you add a little ketchup to it, it's always tasting good, right? Um, I think that's probably a lot of, you know, energy and and I think personalities and approaches to a lot of teams, you know, because not all quarterbacks are going to be cool. The cool ones are the ones that win. That's why when you lose, the one, the coolest one is who? The backup, right? And mm-hmm. and so um, that dynamic was pretty different. And, and I think it probably, you know, that defense, I think when, when, when Jameis Winston threw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions, which was a few years ago, that defense was the number one defense in the National Football League mm-hmm. that year. Why? Because it was on the field all the time. Right. You know, people don't think of it that way. You know, they, they, they're not, no, they were, they weren't number one. Yeah, they were because it was on the field all the time and they had to create turnovers. And so every game that year, that particular year, I can, can, can't get the exact year. It was every 2019, year, 2019, 2019, every game. They were down six, nothing. Why do I say that? Because of the turnovers. Mm-hmm. And so when teams are getting points off of turnovers, field goals or touchdowns, you're already playing from behind. So what do you think that that defense would be saying in Tampa Bay in 2019 when Jameis Winston was 30 for 30 touchdowns and interception? What do you think they're going to say? You know, man, we don't get a chance to get any rest. And so here it is. He goes to New Orleans. He gets an opportunity to start this year. They talk about it after the game, which we knew he threw 30 interceptions when he was with us. <laughs> what do you think we were trying to get from him when we were playing against him? We want what he was giving away. Three interceptions. We want to get those for us, too, to help us win. And, and uh, that game started off slow. That game started off very slow. Uh, but being that it's a 60-minute game, they did very well. As you threw up the three fingers, they ended up getting three interceptions. Tom Brady ended up producing the way he needed to produce. And before you know it, they to get the dub. Let's go into the rest of the week around the NFL uh, I want to get your thoughts on what's going to happen here. I'm happy to volunteer my picks, although I am uh, very much staying away from the gambling side of things. I can I can speak the language of gambling, but I myself am not putting any money down on these games. So, but if you're picking, but if you're picking, you're not gambling. You're just picking wins and losses. Yeah, I mean, that's, just you're not doing cover. You're not covering. You're not you know over or under. You know, you're, yeah. you're not doing all that fun stuff. My goal, you know? my we, goal we, is just to to get to 500 and. <laughs> uh, just enjoy watching these games because football's chaotic. The start of the season's been yeah, fun is. so far. Yeah. Yes, it has. It has. You're right. Let's go. Let's make it work, baby. What we got? All right. First up, Buffalo and Miami, two two and O teams going up against each other to get this thing going. What are you thinking about this weekend? Buffalo, Miami. Miami went on the road against Baltimore. Outstanding come from behind win. Only had seven points with seven minutes and fifty seven seconds left in the third quarter. End up making a freaking run that was beyond conversation to beat the Baltimore Ravens. But I think in this case, the Buffalo Bills are still too strong. Defensively, they're solid. They're number one. They were number one on the defensive side of football in total defense. And in, I think it was passing, passing defense. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And then they got Von Miller. So that made them even more number one. Like, does that make any sense? Like more number one? Like, they, you know, according like, to you're one, yeah. one. <laughs> 
According to Football Outsiders DVOA rankings, they are the number one defense through two weeks in the league so far. So just keeping that train rolling. Yeah, so with Von Miller, what does that make them 1-1? You know what I mean? Like, if they're (laughs) higher than a 1. But, yeah, I'm I'm going with the Buffalo Bills in that one. I like Buffalo. On the flip side, 2-0-2 teams, Las Vegas at Tennessee this week. What are you thinking? I think the Tennessee Titans, I think that defense that was playing really good football against Buffalo, um, on the road in Buffalo, uh, they were really playing stout ball offensively. They weren't able to convert. Um, I don't see, you know, Derrick Henry uh, being slowed down too, too much. Um, that defense of the Raiders is not stout like that Buffalo Bills defense was to stop that running game. I think the front four of this Titan team, as well as this running game, I think the physicality between the trenches overtakes this game. I'm going with the Titans at home. <clears throat> we got the Saints and the Panthers going at it this week. Now, since the time Ooh. we've been recording, we got the news that Christian McCaffrey has been added to the injury report for the Panthers this week. We don't know his status exactly yet, but he's battling some sort of, I believe, high ankle sprain. I'd have to double check again, but he's battling mm-hmm. injuries. What do you think in Saints and Panthers? I tell you what, man, that was a that was a that was a heck of a loss this past week uh, with with the Saints uh, against uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I'm gonna give Baker Mayfield and company an opportunity of Christian McCaffrey potentially having a chance to be on the field. You said he is on the field, right? He's, He's on okay, the injury right? report at this point, but we don't know his status yet. Uh, ankle injury, limited in practice, but looks like he's going to play, at least as so of now. So he's probable. Probable? Is uh, that, no, what is it, probable? Or what's the other right, one? Uh, because, it's only, because it's only on Thursday, it just is, says limited in practice. It doesn't have a questionable or probable or anything like that. No it just questionable. Says, that's the questionable. That's it. So let's say uh, I'm going with the Carolina Panthers. I'm going with Carolina Panthers at home. I like uh, Baker. I give Baker Mayfield opportunity. Yeah, it's a high ankle sprain, still expected to play, but he's limited in practice this week. We got next up the Rams and the Cardinals NFC West matchup this week. Cardinals had an amazing comeback last week. What are you thinking there? Cards at home, baby. I know the Rams got their number. I know they do over the years. I know they do, but the Cards are playing hot football right now. Uh, I think this run that they made in this last game was 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 beyond me. Uh, with the scrambling that took place <laughs> by Kyler Murray for 20 seconds. Um, I just like, because see, when you win games like that, after being so far behind, you show that you can be in any game if you just have enough time on the clock to do so. I like that confidence. I like that momentum. I'm going with Kyler Murray and co- company. I think this defense played really good. Uh, they made the plays when they needed to. They're going to find a chemistry. We got to remember, there was only three games played this preseason. And a lot of the veterans and starters did not play in those preseason games. So these first couple games of the year are going to be some tough battling type games when it comes to chemistry within their own house houses. So uh, the Rams, they're not looking too good right now. Um, I think Matthew Stafford, um, he, he's, not, he's not producing the way we, we thought he could coming off of a great year last year. I'm going with the cards. Yeah, Matthew Stafford's not looking great at this point with uh, the shoulder injury from last year and elbow coming into this year, looking Mm -hmm. a little banged up. We got the 49ers and the Broncos on Sunday night this week. Man, I tell you what, the Broncos are 0-6 in the red zone this year. The 49ers have Jimmy Garoppolo, who's really playing good football. Um, I think Kyle Shanahan dials up a good game plan for Jimmy Garoppolo to be extremely successful. Good defense. Bosa coming off the edge. Good solid running game. Dink and dunk as Jimmy Garoppolo knows how to do. I think the rules with this offense with the Denver Broncos not being able to get in an end zone, the red zone, and bites them, bites them hard this weekend. More noise in Denver. I'm going with the 49ers. Last but not least, Monday night, Dallas Cowboys, Cooper Rush, New York Giants, 2-0. and Daniel Jones and Dayball, what you thinking? I tell you what, Saquon, Saquon, uh, it's a Saquon Barkley. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, Saquon Barkley, with how the coach is giving him the rock, score a touchdown, two point conversion to win late games, just, just everything that the Giants are doing right now is all confidence. You know the swag that we see them playing with, 
uh, the energy that they're playing with is really, really good, good energy. Um, I know everybody's drinking his Kool-Aid and, and somebody came, I, I think it was Steve Young said, you know, uh, uh, Dak Prescott needs to study and watch Cooper Rush. Like, <laughs> bruh, like seriously, like, come on. Dak, Dak Prescott over the years have had really good numbers and had some success. Okay, I know from a timing standpoint, that may be what Steve may be speaking on. Uh, but I'm still going with this Giants team uh, that has a lot of energy. That has nothing to do with it um, in the end. I still like the, the New York football Giants uh, to come out and play with that type of tenacity and energy and, and exuberance of, 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 of excitement stemming from how their running back is playing because they counted him out. And I think right now Saquon Barkley has a point to move, and I think they're going to feed him and feed him often. I think they're going to annihilate the Dallas offense. Saquon and the Giants have gotten wins against the Titans and the Panthers so far. If you had told me they would have won three games all season, I would have believed you, and they might be 3-0 to start the year. Good on the New York Giants. That's it, brother. That's it. Thanks again to Slash. Thanks again to Believe. This is uh, their first show of many. Hopefully uh, much more coming in the future. We'll be back again on Monday for the next episode of On the Edge. Brandon Lang joins us once again here on the Take It Easy podcast for, uh, I suppose, what I'm calling week three and a half because it's week four in college football, week three in the NFL. It's week three and a half here. Brandon, how are you doing today? Yeah, it's weird, man. It's like, why can't they just start them both at the same time? Makes it easier for us. But you you are correct. Week four of college, week three in the NFL. Um, Weird happenings across the board. You just hope you're on the right side of some games and, and, and hope, you know, good things happen. Saturday, last Saturday at Syracuse, which was just a miracle, miracle cover after they're up 10 in the fourth quarter, then they're down four and they, you know, then they get two personal foul penalties and they run the kickoff back to 50 yard line, 51 seconds ago, they score to give me the win. And then Sunday in the NFL, I watched Jameis win. Well, it wasn't really Jameis Winston's fault. It was the Ingram fumble. Tied at three. It was like three minutes to go, one minute to go in the third quarter. Ingram fumbles at the Tampa 11 going in. And then, you know, after that, it was just one bad domino falling. And then if you listen, if you had, if you had the, the, the Raiders money line, if you had Baltimore money line, if you had Chicago plus 10 and a half, fourth and inches at the goal line with five minutes to go, can't get in down 14. It's crazy, brother. You know, it's it's, it's why we gamble. Um, there's no better feeling than winning a Syracuse game, and there's no worse feeling than losing a New Orleans game. So um, you just hope you get on the right side of games and, and, and hope good things happen. Well, going into this NFL season, or going into this NFL week, shall we say, who's the team that surprised you so far, a team that has, has won big money for you, a team that you're looking at maybe for like an over-under situation? What has been some of the interesting trends so far this year? Well, it's funny that the team that's impressed me the most so far is, is the Detroit Lions. Um, you look at Philadelphia and the way they played Monday night, and here's a Detroit team that put up 35 on them, and then they put up over 30 last week at home against Washington. This Detroit offense looks unbelievable with Swift running the football, and I really like them this week, plus the points at Minnesota. I think we saw that Kirk Cousins can't be trusted in any way, shape, or form. And I think this is a Detroit team that, that literally matches up really well. Uh, they've covered the last three meetings in this series. Um, I'm, I'm impressed with the Detroit Lions and, and, and what I see, especially with how good Philadelphia looked last week. Um, the whole world's on the Colts, and I get it, and I understand why. This is a weird situation in the NFL. When you're the Colts, you go on the road and you tie, ten, you know, you tie the Texans. And then you go down to Jacksonville, a place you haven't won since 2013, couldn't win there last year to get in the playoffs. Who, what, what did anybody think that you were going to turn around and, and go in there with Matt Ryan and win? And now you're a home dog coming off a shutout loss. Well, guess what? The last 10 times a home dog coming off a shutout loss has played a team with a win percentage greater than 500 and against the spread. Keep your eye on the Colts this week. And then the most disappointing is the Cincinnati Bengals. You knew going into this season that your number one prime focus 
was to find an offensive line to protect Joe Burrows. That was your number one, number one goal. And after two weeks, you didn't do that because they can't block. Pittsburgh Steelers literally sacked him, I think, six times. And then Dallas got him six more times. Um, I got to tell you, just absolutely disappointing. They're 0-2. They're going to New York to face the Jets. And I think the Jets are a, are, are a live home dog. The, the one thing about the NFL, and I talk to people about this, the difference between the NFL and college is in college, if you have a big emotional win, it's hard to get up the next week. Case in point, Appalachian State, Marshall, two teams that had big upsets. That struggled the next week. Appalachian State beats A&M. They come back home and need a Hail Mary to win. It's very emotional in college. Pros is a different story. Miami gets the big comeback win. Arizona gets the big comeback win. The Jets get the big comeback win. You know what? You go in those meetings on Monday, that's it. It's over. No time to celebrate. It's on to the next opponent. That's the difference. So I don't think there's a letdown. I'll say it again. I like Dallas plus the points over Cincinnati. You're not going to win on the road in the NFL if you don't have an offensive line. And right now, the Bengals don't have an offensive line. I think the Jets plus the points are worth a look. How about Jets plus 215? Is that something to consider, or is this something more of like a cover situation for them? You know, that's that's kind of a money management and, and discipline type thing. I always tell people, listen, if you're going to play a dog, like let's just say, say your bankroll is $500, and you're going to bet one game on Sunday, then you go ahead and bet 350 to win, you know, 350 on on Dallas plus the points. And then you take your other 150 and bet Dallas money line. That way, if the money line bet doesn't come in, but you hit your dog plus the points, you still make money. So yeah, maybe one third or one quarter of what your bankroll is on plus the points, then you would take that other quarter or one third and bet, bet the money line. I always say, always make sure that what you bet on the dog plus the points super exceeds what you would bet on the money line. So there's one line that's interesting me, and obviously it's early in the week, so it's hard to get a, a, tro- a totally accurate read on this, but I'm seeing 81% of the bets on the spread are coming in San Francisco minus one and a half against Denver, and 85% of money line bets are coming in on San Francisco at minus 120. Uh, I don't know any reason why I think Denver would win that game other than Denver is, Vegas is saying that uh, they they want you to bet the 49ers. A lot of the public is betting the 49ers. Um, is there anything to read from that? Or should we wait and see what Sharps do on Saturday and Sunday in that game? Yeah, it's funny. Um, when you look at Denver struggling at Seattle, they really didn't struggle. They fumbled twice inside the five-yard line, or they probably win that game by double digits. And I was happy they did because I had Seattle plus the points in that game. And then, of course, last week at home, I think what people are finding out, as I mentioned with Detroit, Detroit's better than people think. I really believe that. And I believe that the Houston Texans are better than people think. I think Houston's a sound football team that has played very competitive football at home against the Colts and then on the road in Denver last week. So for me, I think it's a trap situation. I know the whole world is, is against let Russ cook right now in Denver, but now you're getting a home dog in this situation in Denver. I just, I get it. Jimmy G's back. Trey Lance is out. Hackett looks like he's a total hatchet job uh, so far coaching Denver. But now all of a sudden you're here. This line was Denver minus three before the season started. And now you have Denver's a one and a half point dog. It's a four and a half point line move. Not a game I love. But I'm a home dog guy, and it wouldn't surprise me if, if, if Denver won that game outright. All right. If you're uh, feeling the home dogs this week, any interest in like the Patriots or the Panthers or uh, I don't know, maybe even the Titans? That one's pretty close to even money, but like teams that are looking at like field goal underdogs like the Patriots and Panthers, anything there this week? You know, it's funny is that I, I lean towards Belichick at home getting points, always be on the right side of the game. Um, the Patriots are, or are, 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 you, you got to wonder where Baltimore's at mentally. They couldn't pick up a fourth and one there in the fourth quarter, which kind of extended Miami's ability to come back. And I do like Carolina plus the points at home. Um, I just, I believe Baker Mayfield is going to outplay Jameis Winston. I really do. I, after watching his performance last week, he can't throw the deep ball. He's absolutely horrific. And I just think Carolina at home plus the points plus the three 
maybe even spend the 30, 20 cents and, and, and lay minus 130 to get that three and a half. But uh, Carolina is a home dog that I like. I wouldn't touch, I wouldn't touch the New England Baltimore game because of the emotions involved. And I wouldn't touch the Buffalo Miami game because of the emotions involved. Now I know I just said that the difference between there's difference between college and pro when it comes to emotions and you move on to the next week. I get it, but I think there's better value on the card than I think Detroit plus the points. I think the Colts plus the points is rock solid value um, than the mess with those two divisional games. Well, the first divisional game being Miami and Buffalo, where Buffalo has absolutely owned them. I mean, Buffalo has owned Miami. I think they've won the last six trips there and won by an average of, of double digits. Um, but I think there's good value this week with Detroit and with the Colts. Yeah. And in a similar way to value, I would bet that if the Dolphins had laid down at the end or if Baltimore had converted on the goal line against Miami, they still win that game 45-42. I think that Buffalo might be an eight and a half point favorite, 10 point favorite, but I think we're riding the high of what we saw with the Miami Dolphins. And I think everyone's kind of adjusting their expectations around Miami coming into this game because I've seen the line go from seven down to six, down to five and a half, which uh, I think leads me to think that people are in on Miami, perhaps. Well, I'll be honest. Uh, the, the, the tandem of Waddle and Hill are unbelievable. Um, they really are. And, and Tua seems to have it going. I think we're going to find out, yeah, Miami beat up on New England, but New England moved the football and Baltimore moved the football at will on them. I think we're going to find out just how real Buffalo is and just how real Miami is. I mean, Buffalo played the Rams out of the box. Rams were rusty and Stafford was rusty. And to beat the Titans, who were one-dimensional with Tannehill, I get it. Down in Miami, in the humidity, in this heat, early game, let's see. They go down here and blow out Miami, you might as well pencil Buffalo into the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. Last question I got for you here revolves around the Packers and Bucks. Basically, even money uh, might just be one of those games to watch for enjoyment's sake. Anything you've seen so far from either of those teams that gets you interested? Yeah, I think you're getting value because Evans is out. <clears throat> Watching Minnesota play as poorly as they did to know they dominated Green Bay the way they did in week one. Um I am super impressed with the speed of this Tampa defense. I know there's a lot of people I've spoken to so far this week that like Green Bay in this game. I get the fact that Brady has struggled uh, and the offense has struggled to get in the end zone, but let's make sure we're clear here. As we saw with Dallas last week, that defense is pretty good. And as you saw with the Saints, their defense at home is pretty good. At home, first home game of the year for the Bucks in that humidity where they just absolutely owned Rodgers uh, last year uh, early on. I'm against everybody here. I like Tampa Bay minus the number. I'm seeing one, but I've seen other places where it's even money at this point. Tampa for the win, according to our Gambling expert here at Believe, that is Brandon Lang. You can follow him on Twitter and check out his website. The link to that is in the description to this episode as well. Thanks again, Brandon. Hopefully you have a great week out there gambling, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Got it. Thank you, brother.